everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Today I'm joined by Serena Batista to be discussing how she's used fitness to reclaim herself after past trauma, the role fitness plays in mental health, and so much more. Serena is a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach, and she has a passion for creating content that inspires and helps others on their fitness and life journeys. Recently, she took a leap of faith and committed herself to helping others full-time as an online coach through her social media platforms. Her goal is to impact as many people as possible. When Serena is not in the gym, you can find her traveling, trying new restaurants, and spending time with her loved ones. Before we get to this episode, here's a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by CTM Band and CTM Recovery Products. These are the exact soft tissue recovery tools that I'm using on myself and with my patients day in and day out. CTM Band was founded by Dr. Kyle Bowling, a sports medicine practitioner who treats professional athletes, and he was a former guest on the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. You can check out his website at the link below and use the coupon code BRAWN10 to save 10% off your order from CTM Band. Serena, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you on today. I'm excited to be here. For people who haven't seen your Instagram or your TikTok channel or that sort of thing, would you mind filling them in a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, so I am a full-time online coach. Um, so I do like mindset, fitness, nutrition, coaching, all that fun stuff. And then um, I just post like workout tips, funny, funny. I like to do funny, like relatable content at the gym. Um, as well as like lifestyle as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, what kind of like relatable content would you say that you found from the gym? Because someone like me, I'm spoiled and I've been working out at a home gym for the past few months and I've kind of missed that, you know, gym life, gym interaction type piece. So what kind of stuff am I missing out on? I guess I'll ask. Um, okay. So I made a funny one the other day about, it, it was like people ask me like what takes me so long in my workouts and it's because I'm in here and it was like a video of me like in the bathroom stall because of my pre-workout <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting that <laughs> the, the caffeine does things to people I guess right yeah no literally I I'm I have a problem I'm addicted to caffeine <laughs> I guess I should ask now what pre-workout is it that you're using because I do um, the Megawatt by First Form in like the flavor Summer Cooler. I have not heard of Summer Cooler or Megawatt before, but um, oh, no, no, I'm I I guess I haven't been cultured enough. But um, I don't know. Summer Cooler just makes me think of the fact that we're recording this at the end of May here, and like summer's right around the corner. You know, yeah. like hot summer season, whatever they call it, is right around. So that sounds like a good flavor for that, anyways. Mm -hmm. It tastes like it tastes like lemonade, um, and I'm a big fan of like pre workout mixes, right? So I'll do like ice, and then I'll do my pre workout, and instead of like water, I'll do like a strawberry lemonade or like a peach mango, just to make it like a little bit better. If that makes sense. Okay, so basically, what they give you is not good enough. You have to make right. your own mixed drink version exactly. of a pre-workout exactly. in order to level it up a little bit. Interesting. Yes. So what's your favorite combo that you've mixed, I guess I should say? Um, I did, oh, I used to have a watermelon pre-workout. So I was, it was watermelon and then I did um, like creatine in there. And then I did like a watermelon uh, bai juice or whatever, B-A-I. I don't, I don't know if that's how you say it. And then I also put in half of a watermelon Celsius. So caffeine overload, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like literally one of the best things I've ever made. Have you recreated that drink yet or not? No, not yet? no I just, I do it because I, so I don't really like to drink alcohol. Um, and I was sober. Like I did like a little sober challenge for like 90 days. At Look the at you go. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, so I was like, oh, I need to like, and I, I bartended. So I was like, I need to like make like a mixed drink, but I don't want it to be alcohol. So like, what can I do besides alcohol to do that? And I was like, oh, why don't I just get like fun and creative my pre-workouts? Right, right. So you would rather mix the drinks than do the dry scoop thing. 
Exactly. Because I used to dry scoop and that was just, I almost died. Multiple <laughs> it's not good. It was like, it was like the cinnamon challenge. Basically. Oh, geez. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I dry scoop my creatine lately because it's just unflavored. So I just throw it in and, you know, it'll go down just fine. Um, but in the past, I used to kind of mix my own pre-workout in a way. So I had like an unflavored thing, of citrulline, an unflavored thing, a beta alanine, and I would kind of adjust the amounts based on the days, you know. Well, mm. one time I switched the citrulline and the beta alanine on accident. And I always put way more citrulline, which is the one that gives you the pump, the nitric oxide, than the yeah. beta alanine, which is the one that makes you all tingly and, you know, itchy and that sort of stuff. Well, I switched them one time and I put, mm -hmm. I usually put like five to six grams of citrulline, but I put five to six grams of beta alanine, which is a lot more than normal. That's like five to six times what I usually put. And most pre-workouts, if they have beta alanine, usually keep it below two to three grams. So I like doubled that. And I literally <laughs> spent that entire workout just sitting there with my heart beating out of my chest, just trying not to die. I was just like, okay, just drink water, sit down for a while. And I'm looking yeah. at my watch and then it's like heart rate 150. And I'm just like, yeah, this, this really isn't healthy for me at all. Um, yeah. But it makes a great story now. Yeah. Well, how did you get out of that? Like, did you even work out? Um, so I sat around for like 45 minutes <laughs> and I just kept drinking water. So I peed like five times in that 45 minutes. And eventually it started, I started to come down from it, you know, and I was able to get something and it wasn't as good of a workout as I thought it would be, but. I got something. I yeah, spent like two yeah. hours in the gym that day though, because, you know, you spend half of it trying not to fall apart and, you know, you're like, well, I don't want to waste this trip to the gym. So I got to do something here. Okay. So after that, you're kind of like done mixing my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we adjusted our strategy afterwards, but I also was never a bartender and trained like you were. So maybe that gives you a level up here. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> do you still take pre-workout even though you're at the home gym yeah i do because you know something's got to wake you up and get you rolling and i don't drink coffee so i got to do something yeah okay yeah so i just i shifted gears you know um but i'm just not as cultured to the pre-workout market as most people are these days like people come up to me and they're like oh you know have you ever heard of this one before like i don't know like sheer labs or something like that i'm just like no right. what, what's that and then I get like educated on that one or the next one. And it's amazing to me how many different companies there are out there right now making these products, you know? Mm -hmm. you, so what do you take then? Uh, it's called Rari Nutrition, R-A-R-I. And they have a strawberry lemonade flavor that I really like. So I take a scoop of that. And then afterwards, I, um, I don't usually eat afterwards. I don't like to eat afterwards. It makes my stomach kind of funky um so i chill out for a while and then later on in the day i do a smoothie and in the smoothie i put a thing of unflavored casein and a little bit of protein and all that kind of stuff in there the collagen the you know the trail beetroot powder that sort of thing so Ooh. a little bit of everything but. yeah okay i'm interested in the beetroot powder though like what does that do for you because it's the pump it's nitric really? oxide yeah yeah so beets are high in nitrates so, oh. but I take that later in the day because, you know, if you get a pump, you want it to last all day, right? You don't want to just take pre-workout, get your gym pump, and then two hours later be deflated, right? You need something to kindle the fire and keep it going. So, yeah. Okay. Now, how about you? What are you taking outside of megawatt and Celsius and combinations of the two? Um, well... I mean, I'm taking my creatine. Of course, you um, have I, to. Yeah, exactly. Um, I take fiber every day. I do like. <laughs> That's the real reason you're going to the bathroom at the gym. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, so I try to do, so I have like a little morning mix I take before like my pre-workout and I'll do like a vitamin C packet and I'll do uh, my fiber and then I'll do like Bloom Nutrition's like greens and then Sometimes I put my creatine in there, but sometimes I'll put it in my pre-workout. just depends like on the day. Um, and I'll just mix that with water. And that's like pretty much it. But I do think I have poor circulation. So my actual, my boss, she told me to start incorporating like beetroot juice 
for circulation. So I have to look into that. Well, I recommend it simply because it just poof to the blood vessels. You know, all of a sudden the blood is going throughout your entire body. Um, so that helps in a lot of different situations where you want more blood flow. So like working oh, okay. out or going to the beach or something like that, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I'm do you think powder or juice is better? What do you think? I go with the powder because it's cheap. Okay. But, you know, to each their own. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just a little bit cheap in some things and I like to save money, <laughs> you know? Um, so before you were talking a little bit about all the other things you do as well, and you mentioned that you do a little bit of mindset coaching as well. Would you mind telling me a little bit more about that? I have went through various stages of like depression and anxiety and all that fun stuff. Like I've struggled that struggled with that ever since I was like 15. Um, and there has been a lot of times where, you know, I've contemplated like suicide and all that stuff. Um, and so my mind was just not there and I went through like abusive relationships and all this stuff. So my mind was literally just like a battlefield for, for myself. And, um, now I've, I've gotten to the point where I've been able to like work through that, like through therapy and like self-help books. And, you know, I've, I personally am religious, so I, you know, through God, but we don't have to talk about that aspect. Um, and so I really, really enjoy like helping others change their mindset to kind of get to where they want to go. Right. So a lot of the times when we're young, we have like these traumatic events or things like that, that happen to us and it conditions our mind to be like a certain way. Um, and we literally have to spend like the rest of our years undoing like how we think about certain things or how we feel about certain things. Um, and that could be said with like, with life or just like with fitness, you know, like a lot of us suffer from body dysmorphia and stuff like that, because maybe we were bullied as a kid or we compared ourselves. Um, and so I just really, really try to, um, focus on changing my mindset to be able to be the best version of myself. So I actually wrote an ebook. Of, uh, well, I wrote it on the plane the other day. So <laughs> I had a three and a half hour plane ride to Utah. So I was writing the ebook on the plane. So that'll be coming out soon. But it's basically just like a loose collection of like my thoughts and experiences and things that I've learned from like therapy and like reading books on how to like really use like your inner superpowers that we have. Like, because our mind is like a weapon, right? Like, it's like one of our superpowers so yeah I'm excited to like share that with everyone for sure so let's go through this one piece at a time there because you mentioned a lot of things that no, I no. <laughs> so first off what books did you read that you found helped you um so the book that I attribute like everything to um is the power of I am by Joel Osteen okay uh, so it's just about like I am affirmations, right? Like, um, I did not have any like sense of self-esteem, self-confidence, none of that fun stuff. Um, and so I really used like, I am affirmations to kind of rebuild that for myself after like my abusive relationship. Um, but as well as like affirming, like, you know, I am powerful or I am creative or, you know, I am successful, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because you know once you tell yourself something or the more you hear something the more likely you are to like believe it right right the way you were talking it made me think a lot of a book that I've read in the past by a guy named Mastin Kip it's called claim your power and essentially mm -hmm. the book focuses on helping you identify things from you know your past from where you are currently in life that might have caused you some kind of mental trauma or impacted your life in one way, shape, or form. Things that impact your overall purpose of life, success in life, your feelings of abundance, overall energy level, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And basically, it shows that there's things in your life that you're still harboring and holding on to that you really need to let go if you want to claim your ultimate power in life and a lot of the things that you were talking about made me think of that now you've mm -hmm. been through a lot in the past you mentioned uh depression you mentioned suicide and you mentioned uh not so good relationships um with mm -hmm. someone else and 
that's something that I think a lot of people use to find their way into the gym and fuel them towards the gym, at least from my experience thus far. Would you say that's the case for you as well? A thousand percent, thousand percent. I literally used the gym as like my escape place for when, you know, this abusive person was like staying at my house. Um, And then once I finally got the courage to like get myself out of the situation, I just kind of threw myself like 100% into like fitness and, you know, trying to become the best version of myself. Um, Because, you know, during that, during that time, like when you're depressed, you're going through all this stuff, you just kind of stop caring about yourself a little bit. You know, I found that a lot of people that have went through similar situations have like gained a lot of weight or, you know, they're insecure and stuff like that. And so really helping others to use fitness in the gym as a way to like reclaim themselves. Yeah, there's certainly what I call a downward spiral that comes with challenging times mentally. And essentially what tends to happen, and this is just, again, based on my own observations with what I've seen with this, is there's some kind of stressful change in someone's life. Maybe that's something like an abusive relationship, like you mentioned. Maybe it's something like college or a career change. Maybe it's something more, you know, day-to-day like that, right? Something that we think think or see is more common. And some people are not as equipped to handle that change in their life. Like I said, maybe it's just a career change and that can be very stressful for people. All of a sudden you've got a lot of extra stress and stress is an incredibly powerful thing, right? There's good stress and there's bad stress. I don't want to get those confused, but essentially a lot of times we get too much of the bad stress. And bad stress, there's literally documented cases of people dying because of stress. Oh. Like it's, it, there's a reason we call it bad stress. It's really bad. Um, yeah. So naturally it can have a very downward effect. When you start to get stressed, you get higher levels of a hormone called, called cortisol, which is a stress hormone. That mm-hmm. hormone gives you that, you know, increased heart rate, all the different physiological things, but it also causes you to start breaking down your body tissue. So things mm. like muscle mass, body fat, all kinds of tissue that you have in your body starts getting broken down. Well, naturally, that's going to decrease your metabolic rate, right? So if I have more muscle mass, I'm able to burn more calories without doing anything, right? Yeah. Whereas if I have less muscle mass, I need to be more active in order to burn calories, right? So higher levels of muscle mass, higher base metabolic rate, more calories burned without doing anything. If yeah. I have lower levels of muscle mass, I have to do more in order to burn the same amount of calories per day. So you have this cycle where people get stressed and that stress doesn't resolve quickly. It sits around for a while and mm-hmm. their body starts to re. Uh, recompose or change its composition as a result of the physiological effects of stress. And next thing you know, instead of being someone who can, you know, pound a 3000 calorie diet, like it's nothing day in and day out and not see any change, all of a sudden that starts adding up over time and they're actually starting to gain weight. And that creates a whole nother effect of now we have a physical component to the mental problem that we once had. So it's one of those things that, again, that's based on what I've seen in my experience, but it starts in the head. And then next thing you know, it takes a physical form and that's what makes it very dangerous from my experience. Again, I'm not like a psychiatrist or anything like that, but that's just what I've seen. Yeah. And I, I tell my clients all the time, like everything starts up here, like everything starts in your mind and you know, that's why we need to incorporate this mindset work because everything else will follow. Like the, where the mind goes, the body will follow. And so being able to position yourself in a good mindset in order to um, basically uh, like handle all of what you just said, right? Because a lot of the times they come to me with stress or they're going through like health issues and stuff like that. And it's be- a lot of the times I find this because their mindset is just not in the right place to handle that because of the stress that they're facing. Right. And you need to find ways to help people recognize that their mind has a lot more power than they think. 
-hmm. And if you're one of those, like I call them like the literature type, the bookworms, then you might go out and you might read case studies of people who, you know, like their mind has literally caused them to like, there's medical cases documented where people have mentally believed that they're blind. And next thing you know, that they actually can't see, even though everything like their nerves and everything is structurally there, according Mm -hmm. to MRIs. And although that's an extreme example, and again, it's more for the literature type people, I like to use something more actionable because I'm a very actionable person, as you can tell with me talking with my hand, right? (laughs) So for people listening, turn yourself to the left or to the right, whichever side you want, turn as far as you can and take a little note of what you see with your eyes when you get to that point. Go back to where you started. Then close your eyes, picture that place in your head, and then picture yourself going a little bit further. Turn, and then open your eyes. And you can email me or shoot me a message on Instagram or whatever. Everyone's got my phone number anymore too, so feel free to you know FaceTime, text, whatever. Tell me if you went further than you did with your eyes open, because I'm willing to bet 99% of the time you'll go further with your eyes closed when you mentally picture yourself getting to that point right and mm-hmm. that's something that you know people can see people can be like wow this took like five seconds it was all mental but look at what it did for me right same mm-hmm. thing in the gym go in and you know do a five rep max or rep max whatever it is that you're doing that day do your set just do it like you normally would the next set before you start before you set up anything like that, close your eyes and envision yourself doing the exercise, doing the sets and completing each rep over and over and over again. Visualize that good form, visualize all that stuff and then go and do it. Now, I know you might get some interesting looks in a public gym where there's actually people instead of your dog sitting there with you, uh, like in my case, uh, of you just kind of sitting there with your eyes closed for a minute, but try it once. And again, let me know if you notice a difference with it or if you don't, because I'm willing to bet that visually um, seeing yourself succeed at something in your mind is going to have a very positive effect to the physical task that's being placed on your body. And that's the kind of stuff that once you get that energy rolling, it doesn't stop. And that's kind of what everyone needs right now is a little bit more positivity. Exactly. And that's kind of going back to like the book that I um, um, talked about, like the I am book, like you just keep telling yourself that you are these things and naturally you kind of just start to become those things because your mind is literally so, so powerful. Um, and you could really manifest anything that you want. <laughs> it doesn't matter, a matter of like truly like believing it and telling yourself that like consistently. And like you said, um, once you start it, it'll just, it'll just keep going and just keep building and rolling. Yeah. It's a snowball effect. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what are you manifesting in your life right now, Serena? What are you pulling in? What kind of vibes are you laying down here? Okay. So I have a crazy story. (laughs) Um, so I told you that I had moved to Charlotte like two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I was not supposed to be here. Um, (laughs) I was in New York and you know, my lease is up at the end of June. So technically I'm still paying double rent, whatever. Um, and at the time I was just thinking about like my next move, like what I was going to do after my lease was up. Cause I knew I didn't want to be in New York, but I didn't know if I wanted to go back to Charlotte or maybe I wanted to go to Europe. Like I, I just didn't know. And, um, part of my, my dream life, I guess you should say has always been to like work remotely, to work online, to do social media, Um, and to just really, really enjoy my life and, and travel frequently. I love to travel. And so I kind of made these decisions on a whim (laughs) to leave like my bartending job, leave training in person and go down to Charlotte, like not knowing what the heck I was going to do, but really just affirming that I was going to, you know, work online. I was going to do social media content, all that stuff. Um, And once I made that decision and started telling myself that all this stuff started to fall into place, like my friend posted an apartment for rent. And then I got hired 
by my um, boss to be an assistant coach online. And then I started getting like offers for social media and all of that stuff. So all I had to do was just affirm that to myself. And then I took a work trip to Utah last week. So like, I've just been slowly like affirming it to myself as well as putting in the work to actually get there. It's one thing to like say that, but then you're not taking like actionable steps towards it. You know, it's probably less likely to happen. And I think that's something a lot of people get lost in, right? They think about things, but they don't actually take the action that it requires, right? So Mm -hmm. I shared with you before a while ago, I thought about starting a podcast for a while in 2020. And one day I just jumped into it, not knowing what the heck I was doing. And now Mm -hmm. here we are over two years later, right? It's one of those things that you can get lost in the thought standpoint or the thought process. But if you just jump in and figure it out, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times it ends up better than if you just kept thinking about it. Exactly. And that's like common case of analysis paralysis. Oh, that's a fancy word. Yeah, it is. It's something a little fun. I read in a book once, but it's basically like when you start to think about things and you're trying to make a plan to do something, you know, to get to a goal that you want to get to and stuff. But like you said, you get so caught up in the process of thinking about it that you get stuck and you, you freeze and you don't know like what to do or how to take that next step. Right, right. And I think a lot of people get lost in the freeze spot instead of just continuing to move forward. And I like to say sometimes in life, you kind of have to jump off of the edge of a cliff and learn how to build an airplane on your way down. And if you fail, you've got the rest of your life to figure it out. Might only be 10 seconds, but that's the rest of your life, right? And Mm -hmm. I mean that metaphorically, strictly metaphorically, just throwing that in there. Um, But it's, it's one of those things that, you know, sometimes you've got to dive into whatever it is that you're contemplating, and just go for it. Because if you don't, then you'll never know. And if you do, when you fail, congratulations, you now know a heck of a lot more than you did before. Right? So um, there's someone I was talking with, I forget who it was right off. But he was the CEO had his own company, that sort of thing. And he was saying about how, you know, he had an employee that made a business mistake and it cost him over $10,000. Now, most people would fire that employee because that's 10 grand out the window, Mm -hmm. but he didn't because he said, well, I just invested 10 grand to the employee. He just made a mistake that cost $10,000. Well, that's a $10,000 investment that he's not going to do it again. So just kind of reframing your mindset as it relates to success and failure and just overall moving forward in life. Yeah. And I think, I think we are so scared of failure sometimes that that's what um, prevents us from taking those steps. Right. But like you said, kind of like when you do fail, you know, you know a lot more than you did before, but you're also one step closer to success. Right. Right. I'm curious too, what impact has all of the things that you've been doing lately in the gym had on your overall mindset and mental approach and that sort of thing? So for example, if you go to the gym and you hit a killer leg day and you post a glute pump online and it gets, you know, all the likes and all that sort of thing, does that help? Does that not help? What's, what's life been like currently with everything that you're doing for you? Um, I mean, I would say it helps. Um, but I'm kind of realizing that it's okay to kind of shift your values in life. Like it's okay to shift your mindset and what you value and what you want to focus on for the season that you're in, right? So before when I was in New York, I was working my ass off. I was working seven days a week, like hustle, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. And I just, I wasn't happy. Like, you know, I just working all that time, you know, I had friends, but I didn't really get to like connect with them. And, you know, I was connecting with people online, but like, it just, it's not the same. Um, And so right now, like part of the whole me moving to Charlotte is being able to build my dream life, right? Like I have the freedom to make things how I want to make them now. Um, And so really just focusing on shifting my values to right now, I value connection, um, fulfillment, you know, joy, like 
having fun <laughs> and I'm trying to fight the side of me that feels like unproductive for wanting to do these things. Like I feel, I feel guilty for like working less, but in reality I'm gaining like a whole lot more. So you feel like you're doing a lot less, but the work you're doing is more meaningful and more purposeful instead of just work. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Just wanted to make sure we made that distinction clear there. I think that's something, I think there's a book called Deep Work or something along those lines that gets into that a little bit more uh, about how, what you're doing, uh, there's like surface level work. And then like, you know, you get into deeper levels of an iceberg, so to speak. Again, metaphorically, I speak in a lot of metaphors in case you didn't realize. <laughs> um, but essentially, as you get into those deeper levels of meaning, you become more passionate about things. Your true purpose shows a little bit more. And then you have the ability to empower others more because you're doing what you love, but it's so deep. It's not like, you know, just flipping a burger or something like that. It's something that can actually have a life-changing impact on someone. Um, and I think that there's a lot of value in everyone finding whatever they're passionate about or whatever their life purpose is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And like before, like I was bartending and, you know, I was training people still, but in person. Um, but because I have such a keen, like, uh, attraction towards like mindset work. Like, you know, I could only work with somebody on their mindset so shortly during a 30 to hour minute period. Um, whereas now, like I really get to kind of dive in and attack that. And, you know, I'm not doing like mindless, like bartending work anymore either. So it's like, I really could just put all of my energy into that and actually making like a true impact and like a true change on somebody. For sure. For sure. You mentioned a little bit ago too, that faith played an important role within your own kind of uh, journey. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what that was like for you? Uh, yes. So on February 24th, 2022, um, I went to a church event with my friend in like a basement, basement of a school of the back of a church. Like it was the most sketchiest place I think I've ever been to. <laughs> and it just did not look like it was supposed to be like a church event or whatever. Um, and I met a woman there. I've never met her in my life. You know, we just started talking. She asked me like what I did for work. Like I told her I trained, I bartended, whatever. Um, and she goes, okay. She's like, I have to tell you something. And I was like, okay, like, what is it? She's like, God wants you to leave your bartending job. And I'm like, you know, scratching my head. I'm like, is she crazy? Like, does she not know how much money I make a week? Like, I don't know, like, if this is real, like, I don't think I should listen to this, like, whatever. Um, so I kind of like left, you know, feeling a little like eh, about it. I'm like, okay, like whatever. Um, and then at the event as well, we did like this, I had like this whole coming to God moment and we did like this exercise and I forgave everybody that hurt me. And like, I had like a weight lifted off my shoulders. It was insane, <laughs> not downplaying it at all. But, um, then after that, you know, I started to think about like, what, how could I like make these decisions? Like, how could I go towards leaving my bartending job? Like, I don't know if that's even something that's like feasible at the moment. And so that's when I had like told you, I made the decision to move to Charlotte and then everything started spiraling from there. And that's kind of like how I got to where I'm at because I took action to make that happen. Right, right. So one, going back to what we talked about earlier about taking action instead of just getting lost in the whole talking about things. But yeah. two, it sounds like it was a little bit of a leap of faith for you. And yeah, I huge. think a, a lot of what you talked about in your story makes me think back to what I talked about uh, a while back. I think it was in April with uh, Shane Manny. So Shane started a nonprofit group in central PA called Five Stones uh, after David and Goliath. And basically the whole premise is it's a gym, it's a fight club, and it's a church all in one. Oh. So they have a full MMA octagon in the gym. They have a huge mat room for jujitsu. They have a full gym with, I think, like six or eight power racks and dumbbells to like 130. They have the little kettlebells with like the gorilla faces on them. Like it's a really cool place. Yeah. Um, but in general, you know, we talked about the point of people these days 
are not as strong as they need to be. And that applies in a lot of senses. It applies physically. It applies mentally. But it really applies spiritually. So what happens when you put a place together that can attend to all three of those needs at the same time simultaneously, right? And that's kind of where I think Five Stones has really taken off and really started to thrive is, you know, there's a place where people can go and they can work on their mental health. Oh, and by the way, they can come into church on a Sunday and they have, you know, they don't care what you wear. There's not a dress code. Like, you know, they're literally doing church in a gym. Like people, you know, just the day before people were sweating there, they were getting down on the floor, you know, they were laying it all on the line there. So it's just kind of that mindset shift to me anyways, that people need to remember one, I need to be strong in all different areas of my life. But two, it doesn't really matter how I do that, right? It doesn't matter if I get strong by going to, you know, the nicest, fanciest gym or the Planet Fitness or just doing workouts at my house. It doesn't matter how I take care of my mental health. Like I could do sound baths. I could do essential oils. I could, you know, listen to the Brawn Body Health and Fitness podcast. Great stuff there. Great guests on mental health, right? So it doesn't matter what your forte is. As long as you pick something that's moving you in the direction you want to go and it's moving the needle of life forward. And obviously it would be best if that something is not self-destructive in nature, which all the things I mentioned, sound baths, essential oils, podcasts, working out, whatever. Those are all great examples of things that can help you and benefit you. Um, I don't want to go into any more on the essential oils or that sort of thing because we might get lost in the weeds there. But, um, you know, it's one of those, uh, all of those things. If they work for you, then who am I to tell you not to do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think there's more to strength than just like physically, right? Like you said, like mental health and stuff like that. Um, And really, it's something that you have to practice. Like, you're not going to get stronger. You're not going to get better unless you do it. Like, right. It's the same with like exercises. Like you're not going to get better at the exercise. You're not going to get stronger at the exercise unless you just repeatedly do it over and over and over again. (laughs) You have to do hard things, right? You know, if you want to sharpen a sword, it requires a grindstone. Exactly. Well, even better, like a little mindset shift, a little reframe on that, if I may. Um, you don't have to do hard things, but you get to do hard things, right? So it just makes you a little bit more appreciative of what you can do and what you can accomplish and your capabilities like that and stuff like that. Well, that, and you take the things that you went through in the past, like you mentioned, you've had a lot of stuff that you went through in the past Mm -hmm. and you take that as your energy and your motivation to continue to move forward. So the next time you go to the gym and you start doing barbell hip thrusts with like 400 pounds on the bar, which by the way, not everyone can do, but Serena can, right? That's the kind of stuff that gets you like wired and just fired up for the rest of your day moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. And like I, people said it to me all the time. They're like, get angry, get angry. Like while you're lifting the weight. And I'm like, I can't get angry, <laughs> but it's got to come from somewhere. Like I know me lifting 400 pounds, like just doesn't come from nowhere you know well I think a lot of online people will say well you know it's all about you know the glute gains and that sort of thing it's like well it's a lot more than that there's like Mm -hmm. if every girl that I've worked with went to the gym specifically just to grow her butt then like I I I don't know what I want to say but essentially there's a lot more to it than that like that's not the reason that I feel like most people I've worked with get to the gym it's not always the aesthetics that bring people there Uh, a lot of them it's the lifestyle change and the escape that comes with that and then the aesthetics kind of come as a result long term Um, and Mm -hmm. there's even people that I've worked with right they just want to get stronger physically stronger and next thing you know the aesthetics fall into place for them which is great but that's not what brought them there and I think that while a lot of people like to think things are surface level and it's all about the aesthetics, a lot of times stuff in fitness has a lot deeper meaning than that. Mm-hmm. And, and pers- from personal experience, um, you know, a lot of people do go into the gym starting to worry about like their aesthetics and how they look, which, you know, that's how I kind of started, you know, during my whole abusive situation and stuff. I used to go to the gym, like not consistently, 
but I was going because I wanted a bigger butt, right? But I was doing it all wrong. And I didn't have like the mindset there to actually like continue to go. And so over time, I realized that I was approaching it the wrong way. (laughs) And now like, it's more about like the mental strength and all that fun stuff and less about the looks. And I think a lot of times people also have that same experience, right? Like you see those like TikTok jokes, like, oh, like I went to the gym to like get abs and like a bigger butt or whatever. And then I ended up becoming like an, a, a personal trainer and like all this other fun stuff. So it's just like a, a, the complete like lifestyle change is just, it hits everybody. Right. And I think there's something powerful about that feeling of you set goals and now you achieve them. Right. So maybe you set the goal, I'm going to hip thrust, you know, 400 pounds and then you do it. And along that journey, you know, sure, you increased your strength numbers. You also increased the aesthetics in your hips and that sort of thing. And oh, by the way, you also built your own brand and business along that way too, right? So Mm -hmm. it's something that gave you a lot more than you initially thought it would, right? And there's a lot of other examples I could use like that. Like take my, I'll throw myself under the bus here for a second. So when I was in uh, like, I guess it would be technically middle school grades, like seventh, eighth grade. My school was small. We didn't have a middle school. So it was like high school, even though I was in seventh grade, 12 years old. I was a freaking noodle. I was like five, eight at the time, I think. And like maybe 120 pounds. Um, Freshman year, I was like five foot 11, current height, about 130, 135 pounds. Not a whole lot of meat on the bone. And I could barely do a pull up. And I'm at the point now where I can strap over 135 pounds onto myself with a belt and do pull-ups. Like I can strap a whole nother person on and do pull-ups. And that's the kind of thing that I look back at that journey. Right. And it's like, yes, there's a ton of physical growth there. There's a ton of physical strength gain. There's also a lot of mental health gain along that journey of achieving your goals and setting up to do things that you didn't even think were possible at the time. And that carries over into other areas of your life, you know, aesthetics. And, you know, I had a pull-up program that I was running for a while to help people get better with pull-ups, that sort of thing. So it's something that gives you a lot more than you initially thought it would. And it's a lot more than just that surface level thing, like I said before. Exactly. And then like even this, like being able to connect with people in the industry or just like-minded people has been so, so incredible. Like it's given me such a great network of people that I would have never thought to even meet if I wasn't in this lifestyle. For sure. For sure. And there's a lot of power in social connections and network. Exactly. One of my, so I actually figured out the meaning of life lately. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. So um, I was just talking to my friend one day and we were taking a walk and, you know, I was like, you know what? Like, that's the meaning of life and she was like what and I was like love like not even like romantic love right like because there's that but then there's like the love that you have with your family and the love that you have with your friends or the love that you have with like strangers at the gym or the grocery store like without love and other people and connection it would be nothing like life would literally mean nothing because you'd have nobody to share it with you might be a little too young for this but do you know who Bon Jovi is (laughs) yeah okay good Okay. Thank yeah, I know that. <laughs> okay. So there's a Bon Jovi song called What Do You Got? And one of the main chorus lines in the song is What Do You Got If You Ain't Got Love? And that just made me think about everything you just said is, you know, if you don't have that network of people surrounding mm-hmm. you, whether it's friends or family, whatever, that you feel loves you and supports you and you feel love for them, then what do you have? And if you don't have that, Because again, everyone has different situations, you know, not everyone grows up with a good household and that sort of thing. So -hmm. if you don't have that, where are you going to find that? Because people turn to all kinds of places to find those same feelings. And if you turn to the right places, it will literally catapult you forward in life. It's kind of like jumping through like one of those like sci-fi wormholes and you end up in a like significantly better place, right? Like if you do the right things you'll end up there. Like in your case, it sounds like you did all the right things and ended up leaving New York, ended up in North Carolina, and now you're in a great place. But had you not taken that leap, I like to say leap because it was literally a jump for you. Um, It was was a big one. Yeah. So you take that jump. Had you not done that, you probably wouldn't be where you are today, but you did it. (laughs) Um, And it's kind of like too, like, 
it's good but then it's also like if you look at the bad side of things right like people who you know I wouldn't I don't qualify anyone as a bad person I don't I I really believe that they have bad habits and that's you know how how they got to where they are today and they make bad decisions but a lot of those times those bad decisions and bad habits come from love because they were hurt by love and so they reject it and you know that's why they make the bad decisions that they do is because they were hurt by instead of actively trying to embrace it and you know give it another chance and kind of pour out of it and and don't get me wrong like you know things that happen to them are terrible like you know growing up in poverty or being raped or you know things like that so I totally understand um but I guess it's just like having the courage or the place or the strength, the mental strength to pull yourself out of that and to look at it and reframe it in a different way. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I just, my mind was just like on a tangent. <laughs> yep. So I'll give you a great example of that. And for those who have listened to the podcast before, you'll want to go back to episode 100 on the podcast. I featured uh, my grandfather and my father on that podcast. So I'll read to you a speech that my grandfather gave uh, when he was awarded the AISES Executive Excellence Award. So this is his writing. I'd like to start by telling you a story of a baby. The baby was born to a set of parents who didn't want him. He was sent to New York City where his mother was going to sell him for $200. Hmm. His paternal grandparents could and would not accept this and agreed to care for him and raise him. His grandfather died when he was three years old and his grandmother raised him until he was 16, which was old enough to take care of himself. She was a Seneca Hawk Indian. During this time, the grandmother had no money or viable means of support, so she applied for and was granted welfare for her and the child. Times were very tough for both the grandmother and the child. Raising a child in New York City is tough enough as it is, but raising one as a single parent on welfare is nearly impossible. Mm. The grandmother suffered from numerous health issues, but never wavered in her task to raise the child until he was old enough to care for himself. She achieved her goal, barely, as she passed away when she was 62 years old of uterine cancer. During the time she raised the child, the focus was on instilling a strong value system and teaching him what was important in the world. She never preached, but was more of a teacher and mentor. Unknowingly to the child, many of the lessons were native-based and provided a strong foundation for his later years. He didn't learn of his native heritage until much later in life. His grandmother always reinforced that anything was achievable, but it took determination, commitment, hard hard work, and an attitude of never giving up. That child humbly stands before you and is eternally grateful for all the lessons that my grandmother taught him. Again, this is my grandfather speaking. She is and always has been in my heart. And I can't express strongly enough the gratitude that I have for her. She was the strength that helped me become the person I am today. So that's a story of someone who grew up on the streets of New York, was on his own at age 16. His parents didn't want him. And yet, if you look at the kind of life that he was able to create for himself, going Mm -hmm. from literally nothing to a life of, you know, happiness on the golf course in sun, sunny Arizona and that sort of thing. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. And it's not something that's limited to a select few people. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, he had a Native American background, which, you know, technically speaking, Native American falls under a minority group, which mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk right now about minority groups in the news and that sort of thing. But I want it to be known that whoever is listening, wherever your situation is, it's possible for you to go from whatever situation you're currently in into a much better situation. You can Mm -hmm. create whatever kind of life you want to create for yourself, but you've got to put in the hard work, the dedication and the sweat equity. And if you do that, nothing 
is impossible. Nothing is out of reach. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's not so much about luck as it is about willing, being able to put in the work and being willing to put in the work, right? Because none of us are special. Like none of us have like, we, we're not that one outlier. Like we're not that one person that if we put in the hard work, like we're not going to get to where we want to go. And I feel like a lot of times we feel like that, right? Like we're like, oh yeah, like I'm doing everything right to like lose the 20 pounds or, but I just can't because I'm special or because I'm not lucky or whatever the case is. Um, but when you really look, look at it and like cases like your grandfather and other people have achieved like great, great success, it all comes down to the work and the, like the hard work that they've put in and the consistency and the dedication that they have put into becoming that. For sure. For sure. There's a reason guys like Elon Musk work 80 hour weeks. And mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of people out there who say, you know, balance is key and I want to work, but I don't want to work too much and that sort of thing. And that's fine, but don't expect to be the next Elon Musk if you're not willing to do the work that it requires to get to that level. Don't mm -hmm. expect to be the next Tom Brady or the next Tiger Woods if you're not willing to dedicate a serious portion of your time day in and day out to that specific sport or activity. Exactly. Exactly. And that kind of also goes back to um, what I was saying about like, it's okay to change like your um, values and like, you know, what you're trying to focus on at the moment. Like, you know, like right now, I, I know, I don't mind working hard, but at the current moment, you know, the things that I value are just different. So it's being, you know, being able to recognize that it's okay to change that for the time being, but also still doing the work that needs to get done to get to where you want to go. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Karina, this has been a, this has been a great episode talking about all kinds of different things relating to you and your life and all the different things that we've stemmed off from that discussion. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts or closing remarks? Um. Yes. Reiterating on the point that you made that nothing is impossible. Um, really just knowing that anything is possible and that the world is yours, right? As long as you believe that, put your faith in yourself, you know, trust yourself, trust your decision-making skills, trust your talents and working hard to get there. And you literally can have anything that you want in the entire world, I promise. <laughs> for sure. Serena, for people who want to find out more about you or get in touch with you, where can they find you? Um, so I am on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, that my username handle is the same. It's just underscore Saray, S-E-R-R-A-Y-Y. Awesome. Well, Serena, it's been great talking with you and it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. And I look forward to talking with you again, again uh, soon in the future here. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.